Okay, hi. So we're starting Nefesh Chaim. Reb Chaim of Elozhen's great work. And Ellie, do you want to hear one sec? Here's the first three chapters. Now, the purpose of this work is to define really the work of a Jew in this world. That's what it's there for. Um, it was written at a period not that long ago, a few hundred years ago, really at the period of um, when this Hasidus idea is spreading in Europe. There's a lot of temptation for Jews to be leaving Judaism and joining the intelligentsia, the scholar of all the secular world that's going on. And there was felt to be a need to articulate, based on Kabbalah, based on all the secret wisdom of Judaism, what is it that a Jew is meant to be? What is it that justifies, in the end, focusing so much that we do on halacha, on halacha, on actual observance of mitzvahs, and on learning Torah in particular, right? Also how we daven and so on. Because there was a countercurrent, and, and the Hasidic world in those days was not yet as fixed or, or as kind of solidified as it is now. It was a very loose set of movements. There was the work that Tanya had been published, which structurally has the same amount of sections that this work does. The Tanya is a different work, though, but it advocates LP based on Kabbalah, uh, a type of service of Hashem based very much on meditation, on focus on the oneness of God, right? And its, and its style of writing is totally different to the Nefesh Chaim, but its structure is very similar, which the Nefesh Chaim came later. And the assumption is it was meant to be like a kind of counterweight, if you like, showing that the, the mainstream Lithuanian world and yeshiva world was very much focusing on some of the more extreme parts of the Hasidic world were almost like, we'll have so much kavan and davening, spend so many hours preparing that they actually missed the time you meant to daven, right? Come, yeah. Or, or uh, so much focus on, on the love of Hashem in learning that you actually don't learn any Torah that you don't feel emotionally connected to. And so this is kind of pushing back to some degree on that and understanding just how much there is in a simple mitzvah that we do, what it means to put tefillin on. The, the, or there's huge Kabbalistic depth to that too. What it means to give stock or charity, what it means to, 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 um, to, to learn Torah, learn a piece of Gemara, what all these things mean. That's essentially, in a nutshell, what this is going to do. But along the way, we're going to have a lot of very deep ideas that are going to integrate all the way. And he's going to focus it, and this is a big, big point, I think we touched this last time in the last week's introduction, but what he's going to focus it on and you can always see where the opening chapter of a work like this starts is usually where it's going. It's usually, in fact, in fact, really, you could argue in the first three chapters, which we'll hopefully cover between sections one and two, in the first three chapters, he's really covering the bedrock of the entire safe, of the entire work that's going to be. And then the rest is going to be drawing out all the potency of everything that lies in there. Okay, any point you can ask questions or along with Okay, so it begins Ksiv, Vayivarakim as Adam says, and by the way, I need to just also point out, he is one of the number one or two students, the Vilnagon. And as uh, Vilnagon explained last time with this, but it means this is really a lot of the Kabbalah of the Vilnagon. So Ksiv, Vayivarakim as Adam Batsalma, Batsalma, and Kimbara, I say that God created man in his image, in the image of God he created him, and it also Ksiv, it says, Kibatsalma, and Kimasas Adam. In the image of God, that is how, right, he made man. So, what this is doing is laying down the core foundational issue. This entire work is going to rest around the principle that we are what's called Selim Alekim in the image of God. Now, the other thing, uh, which um, is, that, again, I pointed this out when we had our introductory session. The other thing is that this chapter mirrors the Marion of Uchim, the Guide for the Perplexed. And he's actually going to say, Now, remember these words, right? Oymek means the depth of, panimius means the inner dimensions, inyan means the point of, tselem, the image. So it's really worth focusing on this. You've got the concept of the image of God. You've got that inyan, the point of the image of God. 
You've got the panemius within that. You've got an inner dimension of it. And within that, you've got a depth behind that. So you're going very, very deep over here. This is the matters that touch the greatest heights of all the world. And it includes Roiv, the majority of, Sisrei, the secrets of, Panemius, the inner dimension of, Hazoihar, the Kabbalistic text of Zoya. This refers specifically to a few different areas of the Zoya, the Jarabid, the Safna, the Sinyosop, that are considered the panemius, like they, they reveal or they kind of reveal and conceal the, the inner dimension of, of the Zoya and the secrets of them are the sorts of things that Arizal and the Vilnagan and others talk about, okay? So if you really get all this, the majority of that entire world of Kabbalah, of super, really, really deep Kabbalah, is ultimately dealing with the concept of the image of God, Salam Alekim. That's not where he's going to go in this work. Of course, what he's going to be doing is giving a layer of understanding that helps you make sense of all that much, much deeper things as well. But he's not going as far as they're going to go, at least not overtly. Omnum, however, can here we're going to speak the Milast Salem We're going to use the word Salem image in the way that the Rishonim, Rishonim means the commentaries that we're talking here, Rambam in particular, but people around that time, Rashi, Rambam, Ramban, and so on, they're talking anything between um, 1,000 and 1,500. What they say about the verse, the Pasuk, that when Hashem says, let us make man in his image, in our image, what do they say? The words tselem and the word demus, the two different words that are used for image, can in this place, not like they sound superficially. Superficially, it sounds like we're talking about physical form. Now, there may be some super, super deep way of understanding that our physical form is constructed around a set of, of, of inner, to map in the physical world, a set of inner um, spiritual relationships if you conceptualize them physically, might resemble us, but that's not where he's going here. What he's saying is, <coughs> the simple the simple level is you would think, hey, does that mean God has a physical form? Now, mashmao is not pshuto. This is very important. Mashmao is literally the way it sounds. Pshuto is the simple meaning. He's not saying the simple meaning is that we're in the image of God, which would mean that God has a physical form. He's saying mashmao, it sounds that way. What's the difference? The Rambam already points out in the Moira and the guide. You know, people get the Rambam very wrong. They, they always often think the Rambam says all these words that sound physical about Hashem are just metaphors. We, we, we will make them metaphors. That's not what the Rambam says. The Rambam says that every single one of them is literal. You just need to trace every other time it's used and you'll develop a, a, like a dictionary and you'll see these words are not just used. Whenever you use a word about God that sounds physical, it's already used elsewhere that word to mean things much more abstract, right? So he says, for example, you will never talk about tavnis elekim or tavnis Hashem, because that word for structure of, would be something physical. You would only use words like tselem and demus, which already mean things that are, um, <clears throat> which mean things that are much more abstract. So it sounds to the untrained ear, it sounds to the childish person reading it, oh, a physical image of God, but that's not what the words say. Right? That's his six. That's not commercial. Kikosim Mephorish. I'll prove it to you. You have it pretty explicit in Yeshayahu. What image can you imagine or structure for God? It can't say that the Navi, the Prophet's telling you it's black and white. There is no possible image of God. So, the explanation is, The word 
Dumos, the word Sana means there's some abstract thing in common. There's something humans have that relative to all other things in existence is a likeness of God. Right? It doesn't mean we're like God in any real way, but it means if you compare us to everything else, now, for example, when it says in Tehillim, I was like this wandering desert bird. King David saying that. It doesn't mean that he got wings and a beak. Right? This is basically what the Rambam says. It's not that his form changed to be like a bird. In fact, there is no way, there's nothing that King David has that's like a bird. A desert bird, that's not what he means. What David Amalek means is, I'm wandering from place to place. Just like the desert bird does. It's a lonely bird, and it travels from place to place, right? Okay, that's all. Um, that's what the commentators say. Again, the Rambam in the Maranavuchim, Rechain al Derech Zehu Inyan Milas Tzalem, say with the Tzalem, Kiema Domik Mashmon Matadma. There's one thing we have in common. End of the first chapter. Now, by the way, the Rambam goes on to say it means the capacity to, of our high levels of cognition, right? Our ability to have godly thoughts, right? The fact that we can comprehend the science and mathematics of the entire universe, relate to the idea of a creator, the idea of actions that could be good or bad, how to reconfigure society, change the whole world. These are the things that are all included in that image of God, meaning in the sense that. Something that no animal can do, no, no manach, no angel can do, right? That's what's going to be. Now, he is going to, Rechaim Veloz is going to take also something like that, but he's going to take a deeper level of it.